Hello. That's so adorable. I told you I did it! I got it! I mean, TTRPGs are about fun and about collaboration. The, what this all builds, what this is all building towards, is more empathetic connections between people. There you go. Go there in the end. Welcome to Delightful Dungeon Diving, a coffee-slash-tea-table podcast dedicated to talking TTRPGs and character development. I'm going to kick it over to Emily with our beverage. Thanks, Nick. Today, I've decided to go for the most bewitching of beverages, the cloudy lemonade. Now, I know you guys in America don't really know what true lemonade is. (laughs) I will just put that out there now. Why is it cloudy? Cloudy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like a... (laughs) Why Why is the yellow drink cloudy, Emily? (laughs) Because, because it's made with real lemons. Oh. Real lemons in some nice kind of carbonated... Fizzy water, okay. lots of yeah, sugar, yeah, real you, cane you, sugar. You know, you you Brits, your your lemonade is always carbonated, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is. You and your yeah, Brits yeah, yeah. calling so. Sprite a lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah. this, I, are you just describing a Sprite, Emily? No, 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 no. no, no. It's a cloudy Sprite. Cloudy Sprite. Very different. <laughs> I can accept lemonade that is carbonated sprite is not lemonade i mean technically it's a lemon limeade true (laughs) imagine freshly squeezed lemonade like you get on your lemonade stands Uh right but carbonated (laughs) so so, hey imagine this nothing like that (laughs) (laughs) imagine this thing but it sounds absolutely delightful and that does sound very it's very very good and the best thing it's i love having it in the summer just laying back on the grass. I can just take a sip and die happy. Okay. That's very good. All right, you sold it. You sold it. Hey, you know what? (laughs) I I was listening to a song over the weekend uh, about uh, a a guy who gets on a train and says, like, hey, the best thing that could ever happen to you is to die in your sleep. So I feel like this lemonade is right in keeping with that. There you go. There you go. And if you really want to zhuzh it up, add some mint leaves in there. Oh, yes. Die in your sleep lemonade from Emily. (laughs) Cloudy. Never never drink a drink that I've provided for you. All right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Do we have a show? (laughs) And that should lead us quite nicely on into our scene called Breathless. For this scene, I will be playing Gellan. I am a Wayfish human who likes to dabble in magic when she gets the chance. I'll be playing Janessa. Uh, Janessa's kind of a rough and tumble sort of fighter rogue type. Uh, A little bit sneaky, but likes to fight up close. I like it. Nice. And uh, I'll be playing Ulrich. And Ulrich is a uh, a big, 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 big man. And he, uh, he swings a big sword. And he's uh, he's a big guy. <laughs> I love it. And I will be playing Winyard. Winyard is a archdruid who stands on a uh, solitary island, and often people come to him with problems that he can't always solve. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Not us though. And with that, <laughs> and with that, we will join our adventurers. Three adventurers are desperately bringing their fallen fourth member to a famed archdruid, Winyard, in the hopes that he can revive 
their fallen compatriot. Well, I did warn him. He really shouldn't have touched that chest. We just need to get him to Winyard. We need to hurry. Yeah, uh, watch his head. His head's dipping a little low. Can we lift it up, up a bit higher? Probably not going to do him oh, any favors. Uh, I don't. I don't really. Um, he's starting to go bad. I mean, uh, hang on. Let, uh, I think we're I've almost got there. Come hand. on. Uh, we're almost there. Just... Come on. We can do this. We can okay. do this. We're almost there. We can see the door. Winyard. Winyard. Who is that coming up my hillside? Winyard, it's Janessa. We we desperately need your help. We, it's Clarky. He. Yeah. Clarky, you say? Is that a friend of yours? Yes, uh, I think rigor mortis might be starting oh, to Oh, that's the, that's the dead body you've No, no, it's not a dead body. It's uh, it's Clarky. This is our friend. He wandered into a trap. He read a scroll. It was a scroll of power, a scroll of power word kill. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's a little bit uh, indisposed. But uh, we're here, so you can, uh, you can fix him up. I mean, I, I believe that checks all the boxes of dead, but I will... Um, I suppose it's a good thing you brought him to me. Uh, how long has he been um, uh, I mean, affected? It, it shouldn't have taken uh, us more than uh, more than a quarter of an hour to to get here. Yes. We were Something. thankfully very nearby. Well, um, oh, you were delving into the ruins, weren't you? I wish you would have come to see me first. I could have uh, told you not to do that. Hey, we wouldn't uh, have listened, okay, but uh, yeah. Bring him inside here. There's a there's a stone dais over here. Just just lay his body over that. We'll okay. we'll prepare. Get that in. Um, uh, yeah, let's just let me scoot off some of the extra. Uh, don't worry about that. That was uh, another ritual. Um, th- those aren't remains. That's something else. Uh, okay, right. uh, Cl- Clarky. Uh, right. Let's put him. Yeah. Right here. Do, you, do you want me to put this skull somewhere? Um. Uh. Just just just, just, just flick it over there in the corner. In the corner. You said to clear the table. I'm clearing the table. When you're what you need from us. Okay, this is very important. Uh, Clarky's his soul is going to be moving on now. It's in the process, I am sure. You want to tether him here, the fastest and most uh, well, the strongest way I have ever found is sharing memories of Clarky with each of you. And as he passes through this mortal realm, he will see those memories and perhaps return to us. Uh, in the meantime, I urge you not to, um, it, it's a bit of a gruesome process and I, I'm going to have to move some bones around. So just maybe look the other direction and share your memories. But, oh, but quickly charming. now, quickly, we only have so much time. Um, uh, well, I always remembered that he never washed his hands. Uh, that really did, that was quite a um, voracious memory I, I have of him, yes. Please tell me someone has a better one than that. <laughs> well, uh, Clarky did. Uh, he he did struggle with uh, the whole hand washing thing. Didn't really believe in it. Said it wasn't necessary. Said uh, the body takes care of it. Uh, mm. yes. uh, self washing. Yeah, he, he believed after a, very, a couple months it would self clean. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That would explain. Not not all of these are recent wounds, are they? Uh. Uh, a very unfortunate man, Clarky. Um, oh, just, just everyone turned from. <laughs> Okay, that that's all right. That's just a humorous. Oh, Don't worry oh, about that. Oh, um, uh, didn't didn't he have a sister? Do I remember? Yes, he did. I believe. Uh... Amina, I promised her that I wouldn't let this happen. 
Oh, now, no, Janessa. That's, that's good. That's good. Something deep. You can't blame yourself. We tried to tell him so many times to do so many things, and he never did. You know he and I never got along. He was always going off after treasure chests without letting me check them first. Mm. I was going to get him in the end. This body, yes. this, this body is quite uh, in, in bad shape. Uh, did, did you not have a healer in your party? See, is the thing? Clarky is <laughs> yeah. our healer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that's never But he was always prioritizing the rest of us over himself. Good, good. And the bad guys always went for him first. It was strange. Good fellow, that Clarky. Uh, sure couldn't take a hit, though. Oh, well... Um, it seems it's been knocked uh, out so many times. So many times. Actually, uh, I was talking to Clarky the other day, and I was talking to him about a. Uh, uh, we had a conversation in a bar about a business we were going to start. It's this uh, it's this thing called uh, crypto coins, where we would uh, we would be uh, creating like uh, sort of these leather coins that we'd be passing out around the town. And uh, I, poor Clarky, I guess he. Uh, you, enough you about some, your you coins. Crips. Uh, no. Enough about your coins, Ulrich. Are you grave robbers? No, no, a different crypto. I'm not sure different. I want to be involved in this anymore. Well, I mean, you, you're working with some dark magics yourself. There's a lot of bones around here. When you're, oh, can you help us or not? Mm. I'm afraid that your connections to Clarky, as it were, are not quite strong enough. And I believe, I believe his soul has passed on to the other side. Not this quickly. No. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. poor Clarky. Are you sure? Uh, you, there was what if um, uh, some kind of lightning magic to kind of, you know, jump start? Oh, I could hit him. him with that, with that well, help? I, I, no, I've, I've tried that before, uh, i.e. the skull that your friend just moved oh. in the corner. Um, oh. Well, I, I am very sorry that I could not help you three. Um, I, I hear, though, that your party is in need of a healer. Yes, are you looking for work at all? Um, actually, yes, I was looking to spread my, my, my wings, as it were, and um, uh, oh. maybe, maybe get out of this uh, stuffy hillside. Uh, well, uh, your first um, job here didn't go so well, so you'll have to do some proving of yourself. Well, I hope that's okay. Winyard, can you promise me one thing? Uh, maybe. Don't go looking into treasure chests without letting me check them first. Oh, 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 I, after, I mean, Clarky has provided a great, um, learning example of that, so yes, please. Yeah, yeah. We'll start you off at half pay, since you, uh, kind of failed the, uh, the first job, but, uh, we'll work you back up to full pay soon enough. I feel like this was a bit of a four-way street here, but okay. I am, I am supposed to be better at this than this. It's, it's quite alright. Um, uh, and one more thing, um, before we get started. Uh, do you wash your hands? Oh, well, especially now. Um, Clarky was quite foul, yes. Okay, good, good. All right, we'll get on splendidly. Wonderful. All right, um, who's got a shovel? Uh, <laughs> 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 Wonderful. We are not going heartfelt this week. <laughs> yeah, no. You, we yeah. went to that crossroads and we decided a different direction. Yeah. So yeah, no, be, be both like... a better party member than Clarky and everyone else in the party. Yes. 
No wonder Clarky didn't want to come back. Like we just care. used and abused. I mean, once we started with Clarky chose not to wash his hands, and then we doubled down on that. There was not <laughs> a lot of saving Clarky's yeah. character from there. I'm pretty yeah, sure when so... you mentioned crypto coins, when you're just flipped a dagger in behind Clarky's skull. Yep. So um, <laughs> finish the job. Always oh, coming around. Yeah, just go over to Win Your Dev. You heard about crypto coins? And got a couple to start you off here. You can trade them in town. Uh, oh, very good. So I hope you all enjoyed that wonderful scene and um, shed a tear for Clarky. Uh, I know we all did. We <laughs> will miss him sorely. Amen. Uh, as always, I'm Emily Graymore, she, her. And a fun fact about me, I was nearly once struck by lightning. Oh. Um, I thought that was a, a good fact to kind of segue in there. Um, yeah. You brought that was... in the scene. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I was a stupid teen um and it was chucking it down it was a it was a big storm and i was out in the middle of a field with uh, a friend of mine and um we were looking at each other and i started laughing at them because their hair started standing on end oh no and i was like ha your hair and he was like ha your oh shit <laughs> we just <laughs> ran <laughs> no. for our life um and luckily, luckily, um, it hit like a, a bit further away from us and we didn't get um, too, too hurt. We were just very, very quickly at the other end of the field. Um, yeah, under a tree, which is less helpful, I guess. But anyway, either way, I avoided death that day. So. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, hi, I'll go next. I'm Ibrahim Heem. See what I did there? <laughs> Uh, yeah. workshop in that one. Been workshop in that one. Episodes, Very good. Yep, got it. yep. Yep. Um, fun fact about me, actually, and the thing that happened very recently. Uh, I caught a bird in my hand the oh. other day. It wasn't my oh. bird. Um, it was a, a a morning dove that had gotten onto uh, onto my porch, and we have like a sealed in porch, like a you know, it's got like the mesh mm-hmm. in there and whatnot. And it came in, and it couldn't find its way out, even though it had dug a hole through the uh, the mesh to get in. Doves are not bright. Not. <laughs> um, so I had to go in with uh, with my hands and a pillowcase, and I was able to. At first, I was trying to like bag it with like a net kind of move, like sweep sweep it up into that, and that was not working. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna have to grab it, and I. Yeah. That's that's how we ended up resolving it. But bird got away, was able to fly away uninjured. Yay! Just a little uh, nice. a little scared. Ibrahim did. Did, did you wash your hands? I did wash my hands before <laughs> and after. <laughs> it's very, uh, they're dusty. Birds are dusty. They do like a sand bath, does a bird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm Hannah. My pronouns are she, her. And uh, I am currently rehearsing for a musical called Susicle based on the works of Dr. Seuss. And I'm playing Gertrude McFuzz. This is actually my first time playing a principal role in a musical. And it's very daunting, very exciting. Um, As much, considering I have performed in concerts before and I have performed in plays in general with less uh, prominent roles before, I did not expect how simply the act of having a full solo song in a, in a musical when again i've sung in concerts before so full solo songs 
I didn't expect how vulnerable this would feel. <laughs> um, it's not a bad thing, just a very unexpected. And I'm very excited. Uh, and so awesome. we, we go up in, um, in May and, uh, I, I would advertise, but uh, that would, one, uh, probably out a little bit too close to where I am, and two, the, it, it's a very small theater, and there's not going to be enough tickets for even those in the area <laughs> oh, who want to go. So. But, well, that's uh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. I hope it goes well. Well, uh, I'm Nick. I he, him pronouns. And um, my uh, fun fact for today is uh, I was in a race this past or last weekend, and uh, I got yellow carded for the first time, which was awesome. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> what did you do? Kick someone over? Push him into so, a ditch? Uh, Tell me. Uh, it would be better. Um, no, I'm actually kind of glad it happened. I could put on. My, I could check it off my list. Um, it was a triathlon, and uh, for this one, I absolutely did not listen to the uh, the racer briefing beforehand. Um, I did not realize that Ironman has a uh, an actual policy. I always thought it was a local policy, depending on where you race, that it was like a decency law. Hmm. But no, apparently Ironman has their own regulation that on the bike, you have to wear a shirt. And I oh. very quickly realized of the 3,000 people racing, I was the only one out there in bike shorts that looked like underwear and no shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what, there are, um, I made, I made a lot of cougars happy in, uh, Jamaica beach, uh, Texas. And, um, yeah, they hooted and hollered on my way out and on the (laughs) way back in. And, uh, yeah, that was fun. So uh, I got yellow carded at a race. It was really fun. That's funny. I like that quite a bit. (laughs) Uh, and, uh, with that, I will, uh, present our splendid snack for the day. Um, Recently got to have this again, and it reminded me. Uh, my mom always made one particular cake for my birthdays, and it's my favorite cake. It is Texas chocolate sheet cake. Ooh. And so for a splendid snack day, just a little piece of Texas chocolate sheet cake. Uh, it's really awesome. It, it, it is a chocolate cake, but it's it's odd. It's um, you use a lot of almond and cinnamon in making it, so it doesn't really have like a straight-up chocolate taste. And then the icing, you just go oh. as decadent as possible. Maybe put some uh, pecans in there. And, oh, man, that sounds uh, so good. Yeah, then uh, then she she gave me the recipe, too. So, uh, nice. Yeah, I'm a ch- Texas chocolate sheet cake, and now, God, I'm hungry again. <laughs> uh, but, oh, yeah, in any case, um, uh, the, the snack sets up our, uh, our discussion for today. And if you didn't clue in on that from our improvised scene, uh, we are talking about character death in tabletop role-playing games. And that covers both uh, player characters and non-playable characters. Uh, so let's let's dive into it and uh, talk about some death. Yeah. Okay. My favorite. So I have thoughts. Uh, this is going <laughs> to go back to a topic that we, we just constantly, this is a, like a refrain on this podcast, but a lot of this as so many things in tabletop role playing goes back to communication and consent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, 100%. Yeah. You know, when, especially when it comes to to player character death, this is something that you should talk about beforehand. What is your collective table's agreement on how lethal the encounters are going to be? If characters can die, 
based on the lethality you're agreeing upon? Mm -hmm. How easy is it to bring them back? Um, And what are the sort of levels of safety in place that you have so that the the game master and the players are still going to have a good time? Because there are some tables where it's not fun unless it's lethal. And they don't mind if their characters have a chance of being completely obliterated from the story. Uh And there are some people who make very close connections to their characters, and they would be absolutely devastated to lose that character and not be able to play them anymore, and everything in between. So uh, being on the same page as far as all of that communication... It's, we say it a lot, and it's just that's because it's really important with tabletop role playing games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing I would like to say up front is that uh, if you're worried about us spoiling uh, any of your favorite APs, we're not going to do that. And if we do, we will heavily let you know. I'm thinking of a couple of different uh, things yeah. right now. Yeah. Where yeah. It's like, hey, let's <laughs> uh-huh. just get this on the table. We don't have to. We can talk around it. We don't need to drop any names. We don't need to. I. I can talk about my own my own games yeah. that I've played. Another <laughs> uh, another yeah, interesting thing, uh, building pat like aside from the spoilers thing, um, sometimes a player is actively wanting to seek a death for their character. Yes, and that absolutely. is a conversation that is like it might be less common, but it's actually not as uncommon as you might think. And it mm-hmm. you know sometimes it's because they're just not having fun with the character. Yep. But sometimes it's also just because, no, 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 I built this character with a plan for them to die. <laughs> and yeah, that's just a, that's valid. That's a valid way to approach the story. Um, I'm thinking of one person in particular, Kendo, um, who uh, is always <laughs> playing uh, death-seeking characters, uh, as mm. well as a Cleric 34, who just seems to love when they croak. <laughs> says about y'all but single single use characters single use <laughs> yeah yeah kodak camera of characters exactly exactly <laughs> and nice. i like how um death obviously means very different things to to different people and they like it love it hate it lots of different things um there's a character in a game that i'm in that they're actually exploring i don't know if you've seen the new guillermo del toro pinocchio Mm-hmm. Oh, um, gorgeous! Uh-huh. It's such a good film. If anyone hasn't seen it, you should go see it. Um, Pinocchio, he is technically immortal and can't die, but one of the things is every time he does pass over, he has to stay longer and longer each time in that realm before he's allowed to be sent back. Mm-hmm. So it could start yes. off as a couple of hours then a day, then a week, then it can go into months or years, decades, millennia. Like, you know, it just kind of uh, keeps going and going and going. So for for a game that I'm playing, they took that idea. And it's like, so he he can die, sure. But the more he does, the longer that they're going to have to wait in between each time coming back. And that's a really interesting sort of... Yeah, it's a player character. Wow. Yeah, so I mean, they haven't That's died yet, but um, it'll be a really interesting. They've him and the DM have set up um, what that's going to look like, and okay. when it gets to a point where it's like a, you know years, um, they're going to have to start looking at other characters, right. and then potentially, you know, they could their character could come back again in another another game, another time, set in oh, the future wow. or something like that. So, yeah, it's a really cool concept. Um, yeah, I love that I'm idea of exploring interested. immortality, mm-hmm. but immortality asterisk. Uh-huh. Right. And right, and just right. there, I feel like there's so much room for 
homebrew mechanics around character death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like to Ibrahim's point, we're not going to spoil any specifics of what happens in popular IP, but uh, one homebrew mechanic for resurrection that I know has become popularized is the stuff that Matt Mercer came up with for Critical Role. And we kind of mimicked a little bit of that in our scene um, Mm. of bringing a memory um, Mm. from the character. And uh, I know, uh, if I recall correctly, how Matt does it in Critical Role is that three... So you have the, the person who's casting the resurrection spell and then three other party members or three other people, sometimes they're NPCs actually, three other people will try to convince the spirit to come back. And there's going to be a skill role of some kind. Are they trying to intimidate, using intimidation? Are they using persuasion? Is there something else? Um, and sometimes it's just a, a flat D20 roll depending. Um, and that will change the, uh, I mean, it's because he's playing Dungeons and Dragons, it's a DC of um, how high the caster of the resurrection magic needs to what they're they need to get to actually bring the soul back mm-hmm. um, and I, f- I found found that to be a very moving choice for a more narrative focused yeah, um, yeah game yeah I've, I've paralleled uh, before I had seen it uh, in in a, in a show like critical role I had been starting to implement this in um, my campaigns with kids because for some of them, the ones that I felt like could handle it, um, you know, what what I would do is if their characters did go down and there had to be stakes, if their characters did go down and they were able to get to someone like Winyard, who is an NPC in my homebrew world, uh, one thing, you know, I, I would, especially with the reincarnate spell, I would ask the kids, I'd send messages to the kids specifically like, hey, can you give me a top three of what other species you would have chosen for your character had it not been the one you did? Fun. Like, what was your backups? And usually, I mean, you know, I'm, 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 I'm never going to prevent a kid's character from coming back if they really want them to come back. But the cost will be their body has changed. They may even mm-hmm. change the type of character they're playing, but their soul remains the same. Mm-hmm. And I have two kids who... Uh, <laughs> Really sweet kid. Uh, one in America, one in one in London, and they both have been playing with me. Uh, now, according to the one from London, uh, we just hit our anniversary of a year. So oh. just these two kids in, in, a, in, a, in a duo campaign, they've played over and over and over for a year. And one of them, their character has gone through a physical change, um, going from half-elf to a peacock aracocra, which was cool. So, oh, uh, yeah. nice. So she's that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> uh, and also, I mean, if for any listeners who actually follow our TikTok, uh, I've got several videos on there, including one of Winyard and a few others detailing this same sort of process with reincarnation and trying to bring a character back. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with Hannah. Like, it's, I think it's, it's a mechanic in a game, and no matter what TTRPG you're playing, it's an opportunity for using some really fun mechanics to drive story as yes. well. Mm-hmm. It's a great story mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. Unless you're Clarky. Unless you're Clarky. Yeah. Where your party are just like, eh. Sometimes a character just reaches their end and there doesn't need to be a whole, oh, we're going to bring them back. Yeah. Maybe sometimes they're just done. Maybe Clarky should, maybe Clarky was yeah. uh, was overdue. I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Um, I, I remember one game I was playing and uh, we nearly had a TPK 
Uh, we were all out of, you know, healing spells. The GM didn't expect us to, uh, they expected us to negotiate with more of the bandits that we were encountering than we just kind of went in and we viewed them all as threats and we were, we attacked them all. And so we um, were too low level to really go up against them all. And a couple of things that the GM did that I thought were very clever to maintain the opportunity for us to uh, continue playing was we didn't know this yet, but there was a, um, the God of time was trapped in the basement and uh, we were actually, we were going to, we didn't know it was him, but we were going to rescue. I think we were going to rescue him. We just didn't know he was the God of time. Mm -hmm. And so he was like metaphysically watching what was going on because he can see forward and backward in time and blah, blah, blah. And um, the, the first thing that he did was he, my, the D, the DM used the that NPC and sort of fiated to have an advantage roll, not advantage roll, but have a re-roll on one of the, so disadvantage roll, have a re-roll on one of the attacks that could have killed a party member. Mm. And so uh, we had one party member that didn't go down when they should have because, ah. because we just, we weren't in a place where that party really, it would have felt very... Uh, unsatisfying to have a TPK that early in the game. And so we had that moment where the NPC, we didn't know it, but fiatted and the, the blow did not strike. And so that character didn't go down. And then of the other three of us that went down, one of the three failed death saves. Uh. And the other two, ultimately we, we survived our death saves and we stabilized after a couple of hours. And so the GM pulled the player aside whose character had failed their death saves and said, what do you want to have happen? Do you want your character? Do you want this character to continue or do you want them to this to be their final moments? And um, my friend didn't actually have a strong connection with this character yet. And so what they did was they actually, they walked back out into the room where we had been playing, grabbed a D20, rolled it, and they had decided in their own mind if they it, they basically were doing another death save of, mm-hmm. of their own. If they rolled high, they would revive the character. If they rolled low, they would let the character go. And I think they actually rolled a one. Mm-hmm. Oh. So they were like, okay, the dice are speaking. This character is done. I am content with that. And they made a new character for the next session. Um, but the GM said that, you know, because he had the God of Time, he had figured out a way that he could narratively fiat mm-hmm. what was going on. And um, I think GMs need to consider that you do have a lot more power to come up with a creative solution to avoid these, you know, problems that of, you know, well, it doesn't make sense for us to be able to revive that character. You can come up with anything. You're in control of this world. And... um, and so it, it, there, there are opportunities. There are options, even if there feel like there's no options. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're playing like Strahd or something, and there literally yeah. is no resurrection magic. I mean, like but... also, there's just like we're playing pretend around a table. We can just pretend yeah. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just do it a different way. And that's again where where it goes back to communication and consent. And if you have a table of players who don't want that kind of lethality, you don't have to have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm actually um. 
I'm playing or I'm planning a very uh, lethal game of Stars Without Number. And this is not I'm not making the game lethal. Stars Without Number is just, you know, the way it comes in the book. It's a fairly Mm -hmm. lethal game. Um, You can start with as few as two hit points. And this is a D20 system game where people are rolling D8s for damage from level one. Um, So, so, you know, some people... uh, just roll really badly and are just kind yeah. of uh, <laughs> those characters are fated to die if they go into direct con uh, direct combat. But it's also a game that sort of discourages that it says like, Hey, you can be combat oriented or not. And if you're not, you probably don't want to do this. And right. the way that I've, you know, set the players and we're discussing this even pre session zero, because we're just in the talks of it right now. But I gave them a really clear pitch doc of this is a uh, a world that is not going to cater to your personal stories to a, a large extent in like whether you live or die or like whether the threats are scaled to you. The threats that exist mm-hmm. are the threats that exist and y- how you interact with them is based on what you want to do, what you think it makes sense for your character, but know that I will not be like scaling like if you want to take on the world government I'm not going to scale them down to level 3 because you want to take them right. on at level 3. That's part of yeah. the appeal of this particular yeah. game of this particular world is just like hey if you want to do this you're going to have to think of a clever way to do it and that's right. where the challenge is that's where the fun is. Um yeah. Some of those characters are I'm probably not going to make it out of the uh first session and that's okay <laughs> if yeah if the players are cool with that that is part of the fun yeah 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 and i i think that that hits on that topic of like having having the lethality and having that be a very present and real thing that you've all discussed at the table it does force these situations where players have to be a bit more creative um mm-hmm. i've run uh two very different campaigns with there is actually just two boys in each in each campaign and in one of them i i keep having to hedge around it and 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 kind of remind the kids you are not invincible and like we're going to play and we're going to have fun and you guys are the heroes but you know mm-hmm. if 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 you guys just succeed on everything this isn't going to be fun for you so yeah. it has forced them to get into some creative we we did a whole session where they were learning how to they basically both got on google in the session and were learning how to climb a mountain and oh, amazing. because That's they had to great. avoid the creature that would kill them. Right. And I was like, see, this is cool. And then the other kids, first session, uh, both characters, we, I, I told the kids, <laughs> I told, I always tell them guys, be honest with your roles. You don't have to roll on the screen, but be honest because otherwise it won't be as much fun for you. Mm-hmm. And then I had to tell these two boys, Hey, you know, guys, it's okay if you want to lie to me sometimes. <laughs> Because your roles yeah. really suck, and, then, <laughs> and yeah. both kids, both kids went down in the first session. But oh, luckily, no. luckily there were NPCs there as a safety net to revive them. Uh, but they both, they were. I asked them at the end of the session. They're brand new kids. I said, "Hey, did you guys have fun? Was that okay?" And he said, "Yeah, this is amazing. We almost died." So yeah. it's just <laughs> you just got to feel out your players. But I, I, I feel like having the lethal element. I don't know. It, it breathes some life into whatever game oh, you're yeah. doing. You know, there's yeah, stakes. I, agree. I would say though, uh, and this is again, something that comes from my own personal experience. I would caution game masters against a temporary player death. Even if you know, it's going to be temporary. I would caution against having a temporary player character death be a planned plot point. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to uh, run yeah. someone that headfirst happens, into something That like happens that. to me. Um, and uh, this is, and my husband and I have talked at great length after this, and we've sort of resolved what happened. But uh, he was GMing for us, and he had decided that the only way he could envision for us to you know, in, in, in his world, the elves had, you know, created a different dimension and they would all gone to hide in this other dimension. And mm-hmm. so we needed to get there. He needed to get us there. And he decided the way he was going to get us there was he was going to have my character. I don't know if he decided ahead of time it was going to be my character or a character was going to die. And he was going to have somebody else, uh, an, another character who was allied to the elves uh, teleport us so that we could y- get the queen to cast a wish spell and revive uh, the character that would die. Mm. And because this was a planned action that I didn't know about ahead of time, I'm suddenly in the middle of a battle and I happen to have the dragon that we're fighting uh, have a successful hit to take me down and then hits me again. Uh. And, you know, my character's already down and then I'm hit again. And so I, you know, automatically failed death saves and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, So I felt very powerless and I felt like my agency had been taken away from me because I did not have a chance. And I, you know, it it was my then boyfriend, now husband, and I trusted that he wasn't just picking on me. So, you know, there was at least that level of trust there. But even though I knew that he wasn't picking on me, it still felt crummy because yeah. Yeah. I now am sitting there watching my friends play. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. You know, that's that's the one thing and even if it's something that's accidental, that is the one thing you have to consider about letting a character go down is um then that player is faced with being an audience member. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which even in the best of situations can be very unsettling and um can be a little challenging you in even if you know your character is going to be able to come back eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a similar experience where just a, 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 a character I got to play and I haven't played a whole, I haven't gotten to play a whole lot as a player, but a character I've been playing for months and months and I really liked and my, my, my team members liked and I've used them as an NPC in my own world with the kid campaigns. Uh, and I, they're not going to listen to this. Uh, I felt at the time, I felt a little targeted. And this was in a play test situation, but it still kind of felt like it was out of the blue that this encounter was way too hard for us to succeed. Mm. And suddenly I felt like my character was being targeted. And when my character died, I remember that night after the session thinking, this is a thing about tabletop role-playing games. You can get very, very invested and it is very personal. It's worse than watching a character on a screen from a show you love, you know, meet an end. This is your thing. It's in part, Mm -hmm. in in a way it's you and it's hard not to take it very, very personally. And I just remember thinking, I'm not entirely wrong in all of, I'm not entirely right in every bit of this situation. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe I'm being a little too sensitive, but at the end of the day, I just don't like feeling like this. Yeah. And that's it's a cautionary tale of, you know, again, consent is key. You know, we harp on it all the time. But also, even when you seemingly have everything hunky-dory and you're on the same level with your players, just knowing how powerful TTRPGs can be 
Mm-hmm. Um, it is a storytelling medium, unlike anything else. And I remember for, for, for a whole week, I mean, my w- wife was asking me like, Are you okay about it? Uh, do you, do you miss him? I'm like, yes, he's, I, I, I felt like that character existed in this dimension for this game and that world. I put him into my own homebrewed world and the kids, it's like one of their favorite characters. So right. like, no, well, he I mean, lives on. They live on, yeah. <laughs> it goes back to the whole idea that just because the events are all made up, the emotions can still be real. Mm-hmm. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I play with players all the time that have rules about, hey, don't kill my character, don't kill my character's family. That's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. You can still tell mm-hmm. an interesting... If you can't imagine a way to tell an interesting story without putting one particular character and that character's family and this like list of three NPCs in danger or killing them. And if, if you can't imagine a story without that, I'm sorry, but you need to just, you need to just sit down and right. really try, just reach down into your soul. Just, or, yeah. or go get a job at HBO. Like, I don't want to be mean. I'm not saying like, Oh, you shouldn't be a GM. I'm just saying, Please just think about it for more than two seconds. Yeah. You can do yeah. some reading, you. talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> there are ways to learn. Uh, sorry. Uh, it's interesting you say, Nick, about the sort of unexpected upswing in difficulty. Um, yeah. Because I was thinking as, as you guys were talking about, you know, what happens when players get too comfortable in a world that they don't see as threatening anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, whether that gets boring or what happens with that. And, um, RDM recently came to us literally I think it was like last week um, at the beginning of the session and said hey guys um, I want to check in with you because I'm concerned that combat is getting a bit samey it's getting Mm -hmm. a bit like you know it's fun and everything and that's great but it's not really like doing anything Mm -hmm. narratively because you just beat up the bad guys that's it you move on right Right. yeah Um, yeah what would you say to me? Like, I want to ramp. I want to make this threatening. Like uh, the next kind of like, you know, uh, part of the story is going to be a, Hey, you need to think these things through before you act because there could be some serious consequences. Mm -hmm. And I want these battles to feel like they have weight to them. And I want you to kind of like weigh up your choices and decisions. And, um, love that communication. I was, yeah, I mean, I'm all for it and I'm very excited. I'm also terrified. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I was like, right. Yeah, it's good because now it's like it has that, again, like um, if you're immortal, you know, it takes out that kind of like oh, the excitement, the worry, the, the I don't mm-hmm. want to say like anxiety, the, the, mm-hmm. those kind of good worries, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of like tingly gets you kind of like feeling alive right. sort of feelings. Um and I, we all jokingly said, you know, we'll get our, you know, second character sheets ready just in case. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be hard if or when one of our characters finally go down. We've been playing for about a year now yeah. um, with these characters. And I think, oof, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, got, heaven you're, forfend. You're going to have an audience that will be affected too. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be hard when it happens, if it happens. Um and I know uh, RDM doesn't isn't aiming to kill us. That's not the the exercise. Right. Um, but just that, hey, the threat level is going to go up. 
Yeah. But I just want you to know that. And His I, ear I, is absolutely to your door right now. It was <laughs> <laughs> like a bottle, just like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like mm, what she's saying. I also yeah. would say, though, it, it is important to keep in mind that, um, that you know, uh, player character death or threat of player character death mm-hmm. is not the only way to have consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because we, in one of the games I play, we had a TPK and the story didn't end. Yeah. Um, the story instead transitioned to us being in the nine hells and how were we going to earn back our lives? Mm -hmm. Um, and then when we did return to the material plane, time had passed and there were a great deal of consequences Mm -hmm. of who has been killed in our absence, who has Mm -hmm. come to power in our absence that we were trying to thwart and you know what have what has happened because we were killed off at a time when things were very unstable um and so there were absolutely consequences to our tpk uh I like that. it's very good just because it was that our you know our characters died and we had to come up with new adventurers you know that that didn't happen but just because that didn't happen doesn't mean that there weren't very you know consequential actions that happened yeah yeah and and i think there's a there's a whole bevy of ways to have consequences and and danger in characters without it being completely mortal and and again Mm -hmm. you know again talk about these things with your players but even Uh things you know with with, and even in my kid campaigns i explain to them how you know most people who get hurt are going to go see a regular doctor or physiker because your brain needs to understand why your body's damaged and it needs to understand how it gets put back together. I mean, need to understand what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you mm-hmm. use magic, there's a traumatic component to this, at least in my world where your body doesn't get what just happened to it. It knows that its leg was missing and now it's back and that's mm-hmm. weird. And so there's a cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I always, I always play that with my kids so that their characters start to get scars. Their characters yeah. might lose fingers. And again, something I always talk with them about, but also uh, Emily in a, in a game we got to play, which I'll plug at the end, uh, very dastardly GM came up with a, a creature that uh, had an effect that aged your character. And oh, that yeah. was a way to be like, you know, I'm sitting there doing the math in my head, like, wait a second. Okay, well, I'm a little closer to death now, but not, you know, you know, by time. Weird. But but yeah. it, it was like, oh, this cost my character something, yeah. even though I didn't die. This this was rough. Okay. Yeah, it was um, quite um, a weird like like I was wrestling with it because I was like, okay, well, mechanically it won't make a difference, but dang, it, emotionally this is weird. Yeah. Like I don't like yeah. this is yeah. really odd. Yeah, it was really strange. Uh, it was very clever. Very there clever. was something that that really hit you in the gut there in a good way. Again, like mm-hmm. it's yeah. that. Yeah. That that tiny little bit of masochism that every TTRPG player really <laughs> desperately wants. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and then also, you know, I I feel like um, in in terms of the psychological cost, if you do have a game where player characters or uh, NPCs that are either close to the party or close to in, close to individual characters um, that do end up dying. Uh, that is a fun opportunity for character development. Yeah. Mm. You know, if you do lose a party member, how do you react? If you do, you know, I, um, I, I remember having, uh, you know, one of my characters was uh, the, the f- friend of the family that was sent to hunt her down after she ran away from home. When he finally catches up to them, he's hit and killed and, 
it didn't stick thankfully but i was prepared for it too um but you know how how my character reacted to that was a very fun thing to role play yeah yeah i i like this is my personal thing but I really love just talking about this stuff ahead of the session in like our yes. ahead of session catch up, like not part of session zero, just like, hey, you know, that 30 minutes of talking that we usually do before we start playing. I will give like plot beats that I'm planning or like, hey, this is a reminder. This is the state where we left off. You're down mm-hmm. with three or you're down with like two failed uh, saves. Um, mm-hmm. There's a very real possibility that you might die if that happens what do you want to do today? And like, oh, I love that. Don't, I, I remember the situation. I, I have information on the situation and I can just like, Hey, this might happen. I want you to be thinking mm-hmm. about this. What is your intent? Or like just straight up. Like, I don't, I don't worry about spoilers for the session that we're about to do in 10 it's, minutes. Cause it's not going to be, it's spoilers. not spoilers because it's I'm not, asking yeah. what their it's intentions are. It's not really going to be spoilers. Right. right. Like if, yeah. if they're yeah. going to, if they're planning on just letting it rock, then I have a couple of minutes to think about, okay, how am I going to, uh, let me think of a monologue. Let me think of a way. And then I, I can provide a better experience because I have that little bit of, okay, this is what might happen if this happens. And then, you know, everyone can just have a better time. No, yeah. I there's like there's nothing wrong with above table talk. Yeah. Yeah. And story-wise, I, I, I don't always agree with this, but I had heard um, on a podcast long, long ago about spoilers and movie trailers and or, or, or working so hard to, to avoid a spoiler for a movie coming out. Mm-hmm. And one person was saying, well, you know, actually sometimes I don't really mind it. Sometimes if I know that someone in this movie is going to die or something gets spoiled for me, well, then I can actually focus on other parts of the movie and I'm not stressed out about this one thing that may or may not happen and it lets me experience the movie differently. And such in a TTRPG, you know, Ibrahim, I really like your method and that that gives Mm. players like, oh, well, I have expectations now. And that means I can focus on some other stuff that I probably would have ignored before because I don't have to worry about this possible thing Uh happening and being worried about that the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that. Prepare them. Go ahead. That's all. Prepare them. That's all I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What that makes me think of, though, is I, I think that Ibrahim's point of talking about expectations and intentions is one thing and like broad plot points but we all know the cliche of whatever the gm writes the characters are going to make wildly different choices that totally derail that right so you know don't get into some (laughs) stuff that's too specific not from a matter of you don't want to spoil it but because you don't know how the player's actions are going to change what's going to happen Yeah. Even within the the upcoming next 10 minutes of a session. A hundred percent. If you get into details, it will, (laughs) because of the nature of the sort of the, the branching paths and this very like divergent story that happens with tabletop role-playing games, there is no way that if you get a specific detail, that detail is actually going to be able to occur without you forcing it. And that's not fun. Um, So really Mm -hmm. it's keep it broad, keep it like, on the level of just like, hey, you mentioned that you might want to do this. Is that something that you're still going to be pursuing? Yeah. Yeah. And then like just broad, broad strokes. And it provides a more, because people, this is a thing with like, I don't want to go on a whole spiel, but um, 
genre convent people enjoy different genres for different reasons and if you enjoy the conventions of a certain genre then you want to engage with those conventions in good faith and this is something that mm-hmm. we have with uh, powered by the apocalypse games where each powered by the apocalypse game is really focused in on a specific genre of media it's it's genre yeah. fiction games right. and you want to if you're playing a an x-files game you want to have a Mulder and a scully you don't want a party full of scullies yeah. You want yeah, to have 100%. someone who's going to, yeah. someone who's going to be like, oh, it's vampires, and someone else who's going to be like, no, that's silly. You, you, you kind yeah. of, you want that dichotomy, and you want that, uh, that mm-hmm. difference. And in this situation, like, if we're in a thing where we're playing, like, uh, what was that joke that went uh, uh, viral on Twitter about, like, oh, D and D players are babies or whatever. Uh, go play ponies and palaces. If you're playing, <laughs> if you're playing ponies and palaces, right? You probably don't want a graphic character death. And that's the thing that we can be yeah. like, hey, yeah. so this is a really bad situation. Maybe, are you okay with being like sealed away? Are you okay with being turned into a crystal? Like, what do you want to, just oh, just talk yeah. about it and work to find something that's that cool. works in the genre conventions. Because like, we've all seen media. We kind of want to do the cool things that happen in media. Let's work to make those cool things happen instead of saying like, oh, well, the dice were bad for you. So just, uh, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't get to have fun at all and i will not work with you as someone who was a fan of the 1980s my little pony cartoon there was in fact an episode (laughs) where uh, magic was coming through the land and turning people to crystal or turning ponies to crystal (laughs) you know uh and i totally wasn't referencing that <laughs> Something you yeah. said earlier uh, made, made me think, and if I could wrap my thoughts on this, I, I'll leave everyone with a little a little piece of GMing advice, and having to do with storytelling. We earlier, Ibrahim, you were talking about like you know if you if you can't tell a compelling story or run a compelling game without having to kill someone or kill a member of their family or something, then maybe you should rethink it and. So often in, in, in games, TTRPG games, it's, you know, a, a problem with scale. Mm. Like, okay, what's the mission here? Oh, we're saving the world. Mm-hmm. Well, eh, mm. it, you don't have, I mean, that's totally fine, but you don't have to have saving the world to be your goal to make a compelling story. And there, from there, you can walk back. You know, yeah. we don't need to save the world. We don't need to save the kingdom. We don't need to save this entire region. Uh, we don't need to have... A character death we don't need to have a we don't need to fridge the girlfriend we don't need to kill the wife you can tell a compelling stories without any of these things <laughs> and there's so many examples of like really good shows or really good books or, or comics or even actual plays where that's not on the table and yet it can feel like all the stakes in the world even though no one's dying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just I, I would say a piece of advice is Try to walk yourself through that exercise. Can I tell a story without saving the world? Can I tell a story without saving the kingdom? Can I tell a story without killing off a character or any of their loved ones? Can I make a compelling story where my protagonist has two, uh, and and I, you know, no, no shaming single parent households or anything, but you know, full parents alive and everything and a family, everything's fine. They're just going on adventure. Mm -hmm. Do your NPCs, do your seasoned veteran warriors, do they have families? Are they fine? Are they just like the middle brother who chose this path? That's fine. They can still have stakes. They don't have to have skeletons in their way. I mean, you know, think about real life in real life. We are not 
I hope, you know, going through life or death battles constantly. Yeah. And we still have stakes. Right. You know, you still yeah, have things that you do that you your heart pumps, you get your heart racing and, you know, you're really anxious about something that's going to happen. And your body's reacting mm-hmm. as if it's life or death, even though intellectually, you know, it's not. Mm-hmm. So yeah. think about how that happens and how can you apply what in a fantasy realm feels like it oh that's so mundane but what if it's not what and when what or what if you do explore something that is more quote-unquote mundane absolutely i think there are so many interesting ways of um being able to make something small and what you think insignificant incredibly impactful and meaningful um I just think, yeah, it doesn't have to be you are going to die if you don't do this thing. It could just be the little boy doesn't get his present in time. Yeah. Ouch. No. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. What the heck? (laughs) I'd rather die. Uh, If you can't get him Uh. after his prime on time, how will he ever? I mean, it's like jingle all the way, like. (laughs) <laughs> every day in my D session just insert all Ar- arnold fortenegger into <laughs> yeah. your story and everything will be fine most things can be arnold improved. fortenegger and sinbad <laughs> yeah yeah putting oh, a wrestler or a governor into your stories will improve most of them oh my 100%. goodness 100%. Um, oh man but you know after everything we've talked about here today i think that the what's important to say is that while character death is a thing that occurs and it's a thing that adds a lot of meaning and stakes you can find the little seemingly trivial battles that people fight every single day in real life and you can make those equally compelling absolutely i like that beautiful very good let's 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 quit there before we 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 spoil it yeah yeah (laughs) we gotta quit while we're ahead Uh, we know exactly exactly Thank you all so much for uh, joining us. Uh, Again, I'm Hannah. Uh, You can find me on TikTok at critical underscore stitch. Uh, And if you are vacationing in the Boston area and want to take a sightseeing tour, I would recommend the company that I work for, Cambridge Historical Tours, for tours of the Freedom Trail and greater Boston area. Definitely check us out. And uh, if you're lucky, you might end up on my tour. Ooh. Nice. Very cool. Uh, I am Emily Graymore. You can find me, uh, honestly, nowadays, the best place to go is unbalancedencounters.com. And there's links there to the Discord and all the places in which you can come and chat with me if you'd like to. Um, And you can see all the other bits that I'm doing alongside this wonderful podcast as well. Hello, uh, I'm Ibrahim. You can find me everywhere on the internet that matters at Cosmic underscore Eve. You can check me out on the Nameless Domain Twitch, where I'll be playing uh, more kids on bikes with the lovely Lola and Kelly and, of course, Kendo. Um, we left off in a pretty bad situation. I don't know how these kids are going to get out of this one. Um, <laughs> oh, no. My character's in another character's body. We don't know if that's going to get resolved. Uh, <laughs> there seems to be a terrorist attack on the colony that we're on. I don't know. Oh, uh, things are going bad for these 11-year-olds. Um, <laughs> it's a, this is too it's much a for us, honestly. <laughs> Listen, a lot of those things are not our problem, but we're going to find a way to get, get in there and solve the problem. Hopefully. Goodness gracious. Amazing. 
Well, uh, I'm Nick. Uh, you can find uh, you can find me at Beardy Babbles on TikTok as well uh, as Bearded Plays on Instagram. Uh, you can find the Delightful Dungeon Diving on TikTok under Delightful Dungeon Diving. And I'll plug that uh, I got to do something really cool recently, and I got to uh, do a uh, a two shot essentially with Unbalanced Encounters and. You can find that underneath the hateful fate on unbalanced encounters. You should also just be listening to that podcast because it's an awesome actual play. Uh, I'll also <laughs> especially plug... now Nick's been on it, so. <laughs> just elevated. <laughs> no, uh, I'll also plug uh, Roll, Britannia. Roll Britannia is a really fun uh, actual play podcast for D anD. d Those those blokes are really fun, and uh, yeah, thank you everyone so much for coming in and joining us again this week. We will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. So I'm I'm fucking up for everyone here, so no one else has to. <laughs> <laughs>